0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. To all my American friends, happy Thanksgiving. It's the beginning of the holiday season. My wife and I already went out and got a tree because we are not letting a single bit of joy get by this year. Um, we're going to enjoy every second of it. Um, yeah, let's see what's up. Uh, some quick updates about the collective. So, 2020 was a really great year for us. We started a podcast. We pivoted in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic um, from doing in-person meetups with real people, doing things like hugging, (laughs) to uh, online retail and content creation um, and doing whatever we can to put the focus on small businesses throughout um, this tough time. And it helped us kind of hone our own business skills. We had to figure out how to, you know, create a website and sell products online and ship them. It started out as a passion project and really became something that could lead somewhere. Maybe not in the form of the Upstate Coffee Collective, but surely in the same spirit. So 2021, I think we'll have even more good news, some surprises for you guys, I hope. We're um, planning optimistically and boldly for 2021. One of the first, I guess, projects of 2021 that I can announce uh, is a video portion of the podcast. We are setting up the podcast studio to look decent on camera with the right equipment. And I think what we want to do is just throw them up on YouTube, throw them up on Instagram, little clips here or there, um, just to put some faces to the voice and uh, up our game a little bit. So Look forward to that. I don't have a date yet. Um, we're kind of slowly chipping away at it, but this weekend and during this holiday break, I got the opportunity to make some upgrades to the basement um, where we are recording. So really excited about that. Um, just so you're aware, uh, if you're listening today, Monday, when this podcast comes up, it's Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. And small businesses have a hard time staying afloat as it is and for them to try to compete with the Amazons of the world and give big discounts in the hopes that they'll make it up in volume, um, that's a lifeboat for a lot of businesses. A lot of businesses make up the majority of their annual gross revenue during the holiday season. So please, 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 if you're going to shop for the holidays, Try Shopping Local. And in that vein, I have to shamelessly plug here that the Upstate Coffee Collective is doing a little bit of a sale on Cyber Monday. We did the same thing for Black Friday. We're not getting creative with it because we don't have a whole lot of room to play. But if you're interested in giving the coffee lover in your life, whether that be yourself or somebody in your life that you love, um, if you're interested in getting them a gift this year that is coffee-related, you might want to check out what we have. Um, We're offering a 2020 coffee sampler box. So what does that look like? That is six coffee samples, 50 grams each. So it's somewhere in the ballpark of uh, two pour-over coffees each. Um, One from every coffee company that we did a highlight roast of this year, plus our own All Day 80K, which rounds it out to six. Uh, the five companies we worked with this year in order are Stax Espresso Bar in Albany, Crew Coffee in Saratoga Springs, Knockabout Roasters in Galway, New York, Constellation Roasters in Mechanicville and Iron Coffee Company in Hoosick Falls. And number six being a 50 gram sample of our all day ADK collaboration roast that we did with Knockabout. So they uh, they get a double feature in that one. If you're interested in picking that up, we have a limited supply of them and they will be $10 off today, only Monday, November 30th. So go grab them. Uh, As soon as you can, they retail normally for $40 and they are going to be $30 for today only. Um, It also comes like pre-packaged, ready to go. You don't have to do any wrapping. So it's just done. It's a gift that you can buy. It'll be shipped within a few weeks of Christmas and that gift for your loved one or yourself will be done and wrapped and ready to go. So please check it out. Um, that's it. I love y'all have a great holiday and a great week. Um, be good to yourself and the people you love and enjoy this conversation with our friend, Nick Rolo. He's a brand new friend of ours. We met him on Instagram and he's a local guy. Uh, He is a student at Berklee College of Music in Boston. He plays tenor saxophone, and he is just super nice and super interesting. And uh, we thought it was cool that, you know, we just haven't had a regular coffee nerd. It's usually a coffee professional or a person who drinks coffee sometimes. This is that in-between. Somebody who loves craft coffee is learning a lot about it and... uh, does other stuff uh he's a really great guy i think you'll enjoy this nice relaxed conversation he brews me a cup of coffee um on the podcast with his new fellow ode grinder we talk all about gear we talk about coffee tasting notes learning um and music and much much more thanks for listening and enjoy the show First of all, um, hi. I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Nick. Right, Nick, yeah. Nick Rolo. Is that is that how I say it? Yes, yeah, Nick, Nick Rolo. Uh, nice to meet you. Nice this, to meet you. Too. This is the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. We are just you and me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Kevin. Kevin is uh, Kevin's dangling off of some rafters somewhere. Um, he works in uh, kind of a construction type of a job. He did work at Crew Coffee for for a time. But he wanted to focus on something that paid a little better, that had more consistent hours um, so that he could take his like coffee, um, his love for coffee and not make it like his full time job yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Like so now instead of having two coffee jobs, one that has to pay the bills and one that he loves, he can just do coffee in, in a in a place that he loves it and make money elsewhere. But his, his hours have been longer than he wanted to. He's working harder Um than he originally anticipated so he wishes he could be here he actually said he might call in to say what's up um so we'll we'll see what happens there but um all right so so first of all i have to say so i have two very important things to start this night this this conversation off with number one i now know way too many nicks yeah okay <laughs> so i know you nick rollo i have a nick rovo in my life rovo um, it's actually Rovizini, but we call him Nick Rovo. Um, wh- the, one of the guys that works here with me, uh, is named uh, Nick Zigic. He's, he's like our finance guy, um, administration, business, you know, kind of relationship stuff. Um, and there are more, there are more Nicks than that. Oh, our roaster is Nick Fernia. <laughs> so that's a lot of Nicks. Um. But you still, you have a wonderful name. I appreciate your name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so number two, I'm going to start this conversation off this way. I hear your mom knows my mom. Is this true?
1: This is true.
0: <laughs> How does your mom know my mom?
1: Uh, from the GI, from the hospital.
0: hospital. Okay, yeah. so your mom also works at Glens Falls. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and you live in Queensbury. Yep. My mom has to commute from the Boston Spire area up, but she, she loves what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was, so my mom texted me and was like, yeah, like, here's the situation. I know that like, appa- apparently you're interviewing Nick Rolo and I'm like, yeah, how do you know him? Cause I certainly don't know him. I met him on Instagram.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what, so in what capacity does your mom work in the GI center? Is she still there?
1: Yeah. She's working there full time right now on call on the weekends.
0: Is she a nurse? Yeah, she's cool. a nurse. Very cool. Yeah. Um, my mom, ner- my mom was a nurse. From the time she was about eighteen years old, she was like volunteering right out of high school, um, through to when we moved here because uh, we we came from Connecticut. We moved up here to to New York, and within a few years, she she got like the like a managerial position and ended up in that um, in that capacity throughout up, up until now. Mm-hmm. So, um so she says hello, my mom says hello to your mom via the podcast Hello Moms. <laughs> um all right. So uh, I'm excited that you're here. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Who
1: are you? Yeah. Um so my name is Nick Rolo. Um I live in Queensbury and uh right now I'm a full time student at Berkeley. Um nice. in Boston, not California. <laughs> uh, the
0: better Berkeley.
1: <laughs> and uh yeah, that been um Performing, playing music, and yeah, making yeah. a lot of coffee in my free time.
0: <laughs> I love that. That so so you you kind of like represent portions of myself that I've lost a little bit because um, number one, I, I academia. I'm, I'm I'm like a born academic. I love to learn. I have a very like scientific mindset. I went to school for um, for physics and math, mm. and ended up in a in a different aspect of engineering, kind of like applied math and physics, um, but prior to figuring out that that was what I wanted to do in college, I was a passionate, passionate singer, songwriter, musician. I played guitar, uh, I sang, I wrote music, and it was like all I did. I was like, I I wanted to, I remember telling my mom junior year, senior year of high school, like, I don't really know that I want to go to college. I might want to just do ACC classes and like try to do this music thing. And my mom was like, I I love your enthusiasm, but go to college. You you have the freedom to do whatever you want once you graduate. Right. Um, so it's really cool that you are doing music. Um, I have a little envy there because like my my capacity to play and learn music has dwindled in in my life just because of what other whatever other like responsibilities I have. Mm-hmm. Have you always loved music? Did you know that's what you wanted to do early on?
1: Yeah. Um, so for me, it was more like I didn't see any anything else I wanted to do. Right. I was locked into like going to uh, going to Berkeley pretty early. I went there for a, a five week program in Boston.
0: Okay. What year in in high school?
1: So it's like the summer after junior year. Mm-hmm. You'll go there and you spend a little over a month, and you're just performing, going to classes it, every day, all day, and then you yeah. just close it out with this huge blowout concert.
0: And so. I kind of like vaguely remember that it was it was So you said it's over the summer yeah I remember something like that I in fact I might have even been like you know trying to make that happen for myself and it never materialized but I I do specifically remember because it's people of of all different um all different levels of skill and 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 all different you know instruments I assume right Mm -hmm. it's not just by the way what do you play
1: I play tenor saxophone.
0: Tenor sax. Oh, you should have
1: brought the sax. It would have been a whole.
0: Nah. Um, so that's really cool. So music is a huge part of your life. You must practice every single day. Yeah. yeah. Um, where does coffee show up in your life? How did that happen?
1: So it actually happened in school. I've always been like going out and buying coffee pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, started off just getting like what you'd probably typically get like going sure. to starbucks or duncan um yeah, yeah. but then freshman year of, sc- of college i decided i wanted to start doing pour overs because mm-hmm. i saw um blue bottle in the prudential prudential center in boston oh yeah okay i had no idea what they were doing but it looked cool <laughs> right right
0: so so you you show up to this so you were you were sorry backing up a little bit you were like born in this area i assume right like queensberry area yeah okay yeah so coming from this area which doesn't have like a giant coffee scene you we don't live near a giant city albany is definitely a city it's the capital of new york but mm-hmm. it's you it, know for some reason at least i i always felt that when you live this far north of albany there's enough happening close by that you don't always have a lot of reason to go to albany unless you're going to like cross gates or to like a concert mm-hmm. right so I had never explored Albany. I used to laugh that like I had been to Albany like twice in my whole life. Uh, really, like downtown Albany, there was like no reason for me to go. Um, when you go to some place like Boston, it's bustling with art, with you know creativity, very eclectic groups of people, um, and specialty coffee really really shines in like major cities like that. So I can totally see. So you're like you show up and there's this guy at a blue bottle doing a pour over and you're like, what's going on there? You know? Uh, what, what, so what was the path that led you from that moment to like making your own pour over and, and doing it well where you're like, Holy shit, this was good. What was that like?
1: Yeah, so like at first when I tasted the coffee at Blue Bottle, like I had never tasted anything like that. Like right. <laughs> it would, like it tasted a lot more. I think clear is the word. Yep. Um, not like burnt or anything, because like a lot of times you we'll go to like a quick drive-through coffee place and it tastes a little over-extracted or just burnt something. Burnt
0: carbon, kind of sludgy, right? The texture is very muddy or um or the texture that comes to mind is like gritty almost too. You can get like grittier coffees that have like fine still in them.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like my first experience not having any of that in the coffee, Yeah. <laughs> which was great. And like, as soon as I tried it, I wanted to make some at home and yeah. they had their own, uh,
0: their own coffee dripper there. Right. Right. So that's what we have here is the blue bottle dripper, which looks very similar to a Kalita. Um, but it has lines like a V60 almost, but like not a sl- not circular s- lines hmm. like vertical lines with a single hole at the bottom which i think is really interesting these so these are flat bottom uh, filters you said that these are these are blue bottles
1: yeah so they actually make their own filter there and i'm i think it's a like a bamboo blend um interesting yeah they sell those with the dripper have like a whole pour over starter kit there
0: you know i'm 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 not i'm not going to lie i'm the kind of guy that finds like that looks at new coffee gear and goes i want that i need it (laughs) even though you saw my you saw my cabinet i opened up my cabinet i've got way too much coffee i've got um (laughs) three or four different kinds of brewers just here that doesn't even count what i have in my office Mm -hmm. because of, of course i'm the token millennial in my office that makes pour over coffee at his desk um and i work with guys who are more uh I work with guys who of course people are from all across the spectrum people are all different but if you were to if you were to take the average person at my office they're in their you know late to early I would say late 30s early 40s mm-hmm. um more of a blue collar kind of vibe coffee is a vehicle for caffeine they got shit to do right and here comes here comes me you know this guy comes in with a cardigan mm-hmm. and a kalita wave or an Aeropress, and is you know at first for a while i was grinding my coffee on my desk Mm -hmm. you're not yet uh you're not yet working in an office you're still in school you're finishing up your last year you said right yeah um so you have probably everything you need right at home what's your what's your coffee gear look like so you've got you've got this you brought a bunch of stuff and we're gonna actually make coffee here on the air Mm -hmm. um what do you got back there
1: uh, so I've got the Ode Brew Grinder from Fellow. Mm, yes, and that that's one I've been excited for for months now. <laughs> Were you an early backer? Uh, almost. I, I was a pre-order like as soon as they put it on the website. Mm-hmm. I was gonna do it on their Kickstarter, but um, I missed out on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently it sold out really fast on the Kickstarter. They raised like three and a half million dollars. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check that because that number just came out of my, my head. <laughs> It they, feels right. They but raised a lot. They raised yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> the answer was 1.2 million. They raised 1.2 million on Kickstarter, <laughs> which I'm not surprised by. And it seems to be like the consensus is that it's a great grinder. Um, the the cost is up there. It's definitely a high end home grinder, mm-hmm. which you. There's still a weird, po- there's still a, re- a weird space in the market right now, because you have people all the way on the on one side that couldn't even imagine grinding coffee at home. Like, what? I'm not, I'm, not, I've got a, pe- People have the mindset I have enough appliances at home. Why am I going to grind coffee at home and put another appliance on my counter? All right. I disagree with those people, mm-hmm. but that's still a valid point, <laughs> right? So those people would have a hard time even spending forty dollars on a grinder. I. Spent forty dollars on a grinder to start, and then heard all of the fuss about the Bratza Encore. Mm-hmm. It's the the gold standard for home grinding. It'll last you forever. They have, you know, they're really good about parts. You can buy individual parts on their site, and that was one hundred and thirty dollars or one hundred and forty, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, I thought that was expensive. The Ode is in the three hundred dollar ballpark, is it not?
1: Yeah, I think it's right right on three hundred dollars. So
0: the question is. What makes it worth three hundred dollars? Right. Do you? I know the answer. I want to hear your interpretation of the answer. All
1: right. Um. So there's a lot of like features that you will find on commercial grinders. Mm-hmm. Um, built into it that you don't typically get in your at-home grinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is the larger burr size. So I th- I think it's a sixty-four millimeter burr. I think oh. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot more um, consistent. It's yes. a it's a flat burr, too, versus like a conical burr. hmm Um, it's got the grinds knocker built in, so. <sighs> oh, the grinds knocker, it's yeah. so good. It's like a, it's a really satisfying noise to use that. <laughs> yep,
0: yeah, we're gonna use it in a second. This, this thing back here, my coffee mill, um, it's got a knocker, and it's hard to see. It's a, it's a little, it's a little metal, yeah, right there, it's a little metal, like, rod. It's not, it's not nearly as satisfying. As like I've seen and and I've actually used a a Malconig Ek forty three or whatever you know the the giant ones for a cafe mm-hmm. those knockers are they're nice they're thick and they kind of bounce back at you yeah same kind of idea obviously in a much smaller for, uh, form mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah that's really exciting I'm kind of in need of coffee do we. Do you do this now? Do you want to make coffee now?
1: Sure, sounds good. I'm done with coffee. All right, let's do.
0: It. So let's see. We got we got the water on.
2: Yeah.
0: Maybe I'll just. You wanna you wanna like take the the reins on this? Sure. You you brew coffee all the time. Okay. I've uh, I've fucked up many brews on air. Like I'm famous for making bad coffee on air because I'm not focused.
2: Okay.
0: Let's do it. You wanna you wanna make me some coffee? Yeah. Make us some coffee. There we go. Did you bring a scale with you? Of course did you did. Hell yeah, because I was gonna have to run up again. All right. Well while we're waiting, let's see. Tell me more about your coffee journey. What was what was the worst cup of coffee ever made? Worst Worst cup of coffee ever made. Yeah, you—the worst cup of coffee you ever made. Like, like, have you ever? Have you had a moment where you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be great," and you sipped it, and you're like, "What did I do wrong? This is terrible."
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say that was one of the first ones I made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it usually is. <laughs> yeah, um, I was in my dorm room just making coffee. I just bought uh, Encore as my first grinder. Nice. I messed up the grind size so, so bad. Like it was, it was super coarse. Okay. Um. Yeah. And I didn't have a kettle yet. So I had like um, a measuring cup because I had a pouring spout on it, you know? (laughs) Yep, close enough. Yeah. So I gave it my best shot, but it was like super sour and really Mm. under extracted. And I was just sitting there like I spent over a hundred bucks on coffee stuff and it tasted like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's got to really hurt, especially
0: like if you just freshly spent that money. Yeah. You're like, what a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean you figured it out. And you said so you didn't have a kettle. How did you heat the water? Did you like put it in the microwave?
1: It was like um like a tea kettle one. So like oh. not not anything where you can control temperature, and if I poured from it, it would have like shot all the coffee yeah, out of there.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's got the wide the wide exit. Yeah. All right, people. First impression pour is phenomenal. He's got great form. Now we're like <laughs> <laughs> now i'm like what is this like uh the yeah the world brewer's cup
1: there we go yeah <laughs> so i give it usually like a 30 second bloom
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah you, you if you want to if you're going to talk into it you can literally just pull it up yeah, oh sweet go. there we go
1: it stays <laughs> yeah and then i do um 100 gram pours
0: i love your watch by the way who's oh, that what's that watch
1: it's a filippo Loretti.
0: Ooh. Yeah. It sounds fancy. I've never heard it though.
1: I I found it online um, Honestly, like it was an ad for me, but I love this watch. Oh the ads they work. They do work. They do I'm willing to admit that I'm a I'm a victim to targeted advertising (laughs) I get like you're watching a YouTube video and you know bones coffee. I do okay So they've got this one where it's just like pouring coffee straight out of a mocha pot. Oh, yeah. And it's just the sound it so, gets you. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I, I've i said to people before, um, I know the evil of targeted ads, but I can't help but love that the internet knows what I like. And so it, at least it's stuff that I want to look at.
1: It is it is a perk because some of the stuff I've got and I wouldn't have known about it beforehand. Yeah. So we got about two minutes, 45 seconds total. I stopped it a little late there. But
0: That's good brew time. Yeah. Let's try it. Sweet. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for making me some coffee and coming over
0: on short notice. Yeah. Any Tom It's honestly crazy how good natural Ethiopian coffee is. Yeah. It's just fruit. It's so fruit forward. It's clean. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking.
2: <laughs>
0: and we got to let it cool, anyways. But so. I want to know your uh, your experience with coffee. So you said you you started your freshman year kind of getting into it. So it's been three years that you've been kind of, you know, into coffee. Yeah. Uh, what, you seem to know a decent amount. What have you learned? What don't you know a lot about that you still want to learn more about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's always a ton to learn about for, for coffee or really anything. <laughs> yeah. But um, one thing I want to learn more about is like the different types of processing yes for coffees and um like the effect that like different altitudes have too on on uh the flavor of the coffee that you're gonna get yep so that's that's kind of like a a mystery for me at the moment
0: so when i said like oh like a natural ethiopian did you do did you know what i meant do you have questions what it would like what did that uh by me saying that like what did that translate to you as
1: uh, not much for. Really. And that's that's totally
0: yeah. okay, because like there's yeah. so much to coffee. Like a lot of people talk about espresso mm-hmm. to me, and I'm like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. So when you drink a coffee like this, this the processing behind this, the natural process. What that means is that when the coffee is harvested and it's hauled, so that the so that the fruit layer comes off. They actually don't wash the coffee. Mm-hmm. So, it, usually, they wash the coffee in water, and a lot of the fruit comes off of the seed, which is the bean, right? Mm-hmm. In the natural process, some of that fruit actually stays on the seed, and then they lay it out on elevated beds uh, in the sun to dry, and they leave it out for like a, a pretty fairly long period of time so that. It, that fruit starts to, to ferment. Um, and that fermentation process causes all kinds of chemical reactions, right? Sugars to come out. The, the tasting notes that Matt put on here are pink starburst, <laughs> blue drink, just B-L-U, drink. And then the third, the third tasting note is always like a, a wild card. This one just says wavy. Okay. Um, I had a coffee of his one time that said late nights hmm so he gets pretty creative with it, but the idea here with natural coffees from Ethiopia is that um, they have Really intense blue and red fruit notes up mm-hmm. front like right there um, and they drink like like juice sometimes it's yeah. really cool as opposed to a coffee that maybe has like more chocolatey notes Mm -hmm. do you which one do you tend to prefer if you were to think of like your ideal coffee do you like one that's a little sweeter or do you like the more kind of traditional flavors of like chocolate cocoa nuttiness what's your Mm -hmm. go-to
1: i think it like depends on the time of day for me and also Mm -hmm. the weather is it like cold out do i want to like go home early and it's like time to watch a movie with friends or something or
0: so, it depends on the type of day or the time yeah. of day for you, the type of day, the weather, which I, I'm super all about. I love that. Yeah.
1: So, it's like if you have a fruity coffee, for me, that's more like sun's out like a spring day almost. Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of day, like I'd make it and then put it in a to-go and go driving and then, yeah, just enjoy the weather. <laughs> what is um, – I
0: love. okay, so I love that you related – the type of coffee that you're drinking, the flavor profile to like the immediate surroundings. It really, you know, changes up the vibe. It really changes up how you're feeling. Cozy, maybe like a darker, um, more roasty, more developed coffee um, when you're trying to like, yeah, be cozy, hang out. Maybe it's rainy. Maybe you're tired. Maybe it's cold. Um, Isn't it funny that this type of terminology is like never thrown around when it comes to coffee in like normal everyday conversations. Right, people that drink coffee it, it, with a traditional mindset don't think about quality in mm-hmm. coffee or um or details. Do you think that that's changing? Do you do you do you want to see a world where people take more time in making their coffee?
1: Yeah, I, I think it'd be really useful for a lot of people, especially. Um, if you're learning pour over, you're learning a whole new skill. Um, Mm -hmm. and when you're doing it, especially if you make your coffee in the morning, it's a pretty meditative process. Yes. So I feel like that could help a lot of people out. Just one simple like ritual in the morning that just kind of like clears their head before they go into the day. That's why I do it. I, I get to work
0: and, uh, I'll have people, especially right now because we're, socially distancing. We're not doing in-person meetings. Um, people will eye me and be like, Hey, you know, you're, you ready to work. I got an, you know, I got an idea. Let's take a look at this code or whatever. Mm. Um, and I'll be like, give me 10 minutes. I'm making coffee. And they're like, okay. Cause they know that when I make coffee, that's what I'm doing. I'm not multitasking unless I'm trying to make coffee on the podcast and then I'm fucking it up. Right. (laughs) The, the thing about me at work is I take 10 minutes out of my day and that's what I'm doing, and you're you're 100 right. It's meditative, um, it's relaxing, and it's putting yourself in the present moment. Because mm-hmm. we're always thinking about the future or the past. That's like all of us have that problem. That's the root of all of our anxieties. Is that we're not focusing on the right now. We can't think about the right now all the time because then we're not planning. We're not being better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're not learning. But in moments where you don't have to be thinking about the future or the past, it's good to practice that meditation. Yeah. Um, Even if you're not doing a traditional, you know, meditative practice, things that put you in the moment, writing, making coffee, um, going for walks, those Mm -hmm. are all really great uh, acts that are like acts of love for yourself. Um, We've had a huge uh focus on this podcast this year on mental health mm-hmm. depression um anxiety uh and and, and like self love like how do you um how do you take time out of your life and put yourself before anything else like your your well-being is i i see that that's a part of your process are there other aspects music is probably a great example are there other aspects of your life that you you see actively as like acts of self-love acts of um,
1: mindfulness being good to yourself yeah um so I'm super into running or any exercise really but like all throughout school I was doing like track cross country going to like sectionals and uh, state quals. and nice yeah so that was like another one of my big things I was into. I'd run after practice when I got home, and that's <laughs> damn, that's dedication mm-hmm. i
0: I don't love running. I'm learning <laughs> to love it uh this year, I ran more than like most years of my life mm-hmm. kevin if you if Kevin was here, he'd be talking to you off about running. He loves it he yeah. loves it, he's in great shape um and he also says it's very meditative for him if he's stressed yeah. if he's not feeling good, he runs
1: yes, it's great for that like if you're by yourself and like running in the woods, like just having all that nature around you mm. really clears your head. You ever run in the state park right
0: here in Saratoga, Saratoga Spa State Park?
1: Yeah. There's, um, they have a big meet there every year. So,
0: Oh yeah. really? That's yeah. So cool. It's a
1: really good course. Do you miss sports
0: out of now that you're out of high school? It's not as easy, right?
1: Yeah. Um, so running's a little different than other sports cause it's not, directly a team sport there's an individual aspect and there's a team aspect yeah so um yeah i do miss that like that whole group like it's a it's a really tight-knit thing especially yeah especially at the school i went to so like lake george cross country has a pretty close group at least when i was there yeah okay yeah and it's just like you'd have like uh, f- every Friday night be like a get together team thing, so yeah. And, and I mean, Jesus,
0: Lake George is a great place to be running, too. I, I forget that you're that's probably your backyard. And you went to the high school, which is mm-hmm. is the high school like right on the lake, or am I crazy? It's, it's
1: practically yeah. there, it's, it's really close. <laughs> it's
0: like a couple of streets back from the main strip in, in Lake George, right?
1: So it's um, it's right on the main drag, but you don't have to walk too far to get to the water, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought so. I thought,
0: like, years ago, I remember driving by me and like, is that the friggin' high school? Like, there's the lake, there's the high school. And I feel That's like cool.
1: a lot of, like, tourists going around there, too, like, are all surprised to see that there's a high school in this whole place. Like, yeah,
0: exactly. Because <laughs> for them, it's it's a vacation, and for you, it's home.
1: Right, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so you must be up in the Adirondacks all the time. Do you, do you hike?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, try to get, like, a few friends together. A little harder today, you know, <laughs> yeah.
0: but uh, totally. ideally. <laughs> I really want to get back to hiking but in in a new capacity so so one of the biggest struggles in my life is um like anxiety and panic attacks and when it was really bad I had a hard time even like like going like leaving town you know going mm. for a road trip you know um and I'm in I'm in way better shape now thank god but like I still have hesitation about um going on longer hikes where I feel that like if I were to be uncomfortable or whatever, I wouldn't have, I'd be in the middle of the woods, I'd have to turn around and walk a mm. mile back to, to you know the um, trailhead. One of my dreams, <laughs> dreams, bucket list items, it's not really a dream, but w- one of my goals is to be so comfortable in the Adirondacks or in whatever, in the woods, in, in mm. nature, that I can hike, camp, do whatever, because I feel like the ultimate zen is being out in the woods with like nowhere to be, nothing to do, and just like exploring. And I miss that mindset.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often do you get out there?
0: You said once a year or so. Like do you go – do you ever go alone?
1: Oh, for hiking? Yeah. Um, I haven't gone hiking alone. No, I usually go with two, three friends, get like a small group together. Yeah. Uh, and we try to do it. As regularly as we can in the summer with everyone's, like, schedules right. going on. but
0: Yeah. I don't, like, I can't imagine liking hiking alone. <laughs> it takes, I think, a certain kind of mindset to be confident enough to be like, yeah, whatever, I know where I'm at and, and you know, I can handle it. Um, Kevin, <laughs> for a while last year, was doing sunrise hikes alone. So that, that means that he would get in his car, he would wake up at, like, 3 a.m., yeah. He would drive to like Keene Valley and he'd hike in the dark with a headlamp by himself, get to the <laughs> top of the mountain for the sunrise, make himself a cup of coffee at the top of the of the mountain, mm. watching the sunrise. It's gotta be incredible, but the journey to get there. Right. I don't know that I could personally do it. I feel like like it really takes a certain type of of mindset.
1: Yeah, even more so to do it consistently. Yeah. Like, I feel like most people could make themselves get up and do it once. Right. And then they'd be like, yeah, it was great and all, but that was a lot of work. It's a story that I can tell people I did it. Yeah. And that's, I'm
0: never going back. Exactly. (laughs) Mm. So, on this podcast, we like to ask a couple of couple of questions that are just fun kind of break it up um, number one what's in your mug which is hilarious because I put the coffee in your mug mm-hmm. but let's say let's let's test your your, your palate or, or I, I want to know from like in your head when you're drinking this coffee what it reminds you of what kind not you you don't have to go into like f- tasting notes but like what comes in your head, when you think about this coffee.
1: Like images, descriptors, kind of stuff. Yeah, and,
0: even memories. Yeah. yeah.
1: I might take another sip. Please do, yeah.
0: <laughs> I gulped mine down.
1: I just chugged yours. <laughs> Perfect. Well, for me at least, I, I don't think I, like most of the time I usually add a little bit of milk or something. Okay, cool. so It's actually, uh, I know it's not like a coffee purist thing to do,
0: but <laughs> no. I mean we have we've, we've gotten we've gotten people who say like I like milk and sugar in my coffee. Mm. That's how I drink my coffee and if that's how you like it, it's the experience that matters. It's you right. gotta love it. So but but please.
1: I mean from drinking this I mean it's a light roast, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. So um it's I don't know if this is what it would advertise, but to me at least it's kind of like like I was saying like springtime yeah. Like like the what kind of season? What kind of day? Exactly. So I would probably drink this in in the morning, mm-hmm. and just like it's one of those things where you'll like taste it and you get like the almost f- kind of floral. Mm-hmm. I think totally I and think a little too. little bit of maybe earthiness. It's like makes you think of spring. Like yeah, it's like flowers and, and bright.
0: And, yeah, bright. That's a great that's a great descriptor. Again, what one thing that I've learned this year is that. Um, when somebody puts f- tasting notes on a bag, that's more marketing than anything. Right. Um, we're only able to taste things that we've tasted before, because what you're doing when you taste anything is that your brain is picking up on a memory, right? It's y- your, your palate sends a signal to your brain, your brain connects that to a memory. Mm-hmm. So like when I, when I drink our coffee, our, our coffee all day ADK, That's more of a medium roasted coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a blend of a coffee that is a little bit more developed, a little bit more chocolatey with actually a coffee from Ethiopia that's a little on the sweeter side. And so the two of them together, you get like kind of this chocolatey note, but this sweetness too, almost like a tart sweetness, like cherry or something. But again, Mm -hmm. what does that mean to people who don't know what tart cherry tastes like or who don't, you know, when, when you see papaya on a bag... And you've never had a papaya. You can't say that it tastes like papaya because you don't know what the hell it tastes like. So, right. so I like to say it reminds me of something in my life. Um, for example, I, I know Kevin, in his hunt and his sunrise hikes, has um, he often takes coffee up with him. Like I said, and so when we drank this coffee, he said it reminded him of sunrise hikes. So mm-hmm. we have it on the bag just because it's a fun thing. Um, some people will say it reminds them of like their childhood. Mm-hmm. They'll say like, oh my God, this reminds me of, you know, my, my grandma used to make me a milkshake and it reminds me of that. That's super valid and it's awesome because mm-hmm. it's all about like a memory or an experience. So I love that you said springtime, floral, bright. Those are all descriptors I would definitely say are totally, uh, accurate for this coffee because that's what it's supposed to be. It's almost tea like, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for making that, and yeah, I'm super stoked so. about um,
1: the Fellow Ode. How long have you had the Fellow Ode? Uh, so I've had it for like a few weeks, I want to say. Yeah. It was supposed to get here. I mean, there was a lot of shipment delays for like COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be like a like a August date, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got mine a few weeks ago and been using it every day, twice a day. really. <laughs> yeah. And it probably looks sick on your counter too. Yeah, that's one of the great things about any fellow product, really. It's beautiful. Yeah, that is like really great on your counter. Yeah, <laughs> like this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've got
0: the Stag EKG in front of us. Um You brought one over as well. You you brought the white. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big. I love black, matte black. Just my and I, it's it happened to me in the last couple of years. Everything I buy mm. now is black. My t shirts. Oh, this is a blue t-shirt. That's (laughs) awesome. Usually my t-shirts are black. Um, I just love the aesthetic, the dark aesthetic. Uh,
1: Yeah, I got to say, like, after purchasing the matte white, mm -hmm. I kept seeing them in black, and I was like, oh, I should have gone with that.
0: (laughs) I think it's a marketing tactic, because I see the Uh, white, and I'm like, oh, that white looks so good.
1: Well, the only problem with the white for me is... That it will show more. So, like, mm. I I move my kettle, uh, when I go back to school and go home. Mm-hmm. So, like, colors will pop onto it, and mm. it, you can get um, like some discoloring too. If something sure. were to scrape on it in the car, if you just have it um, lying uh, lying on the seat, yeah, it'll uh, rub away some of the paint too. So, oh yeah, it's probably like a thin layer. Yeah, so it's like white, and then it's black underneath oh, weird, I wonder
0: if they just took yeah. these and painted them white with some material, you know? Right. <laughs> they probably had a stock of just these colors, and they're like, no, we've got white, and so they just spray-paint it white or whatever they do in a manufacturing plant. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you see... What what role does coffee have in your life going forward? Is it just forever a hobby? Do you have, like, a love for it that goes beyond a hobby?
1: Mm. I think... Um could go beyond a hobby. It'll yeah. it'll at least maintain like that level. Yeah. Um but now I think it'd be really cool to like do some roasting. Oh dude. Yeah.
0: I know. We we have aspirations for roasting both Kevin and I. Mm. And Kevin actually has some experience roasting from when he was at Crew. Very little, he helped out here and there, but um there's something about the whole process it just seems so I don't know what it is. It's 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 the word that keeps coming to mind is wholesome, which is like the wrong word. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it just it's such a feel good concept of like yeah, all right, I'm gonna go roast some coffee, and
1: you got your like, job is to smell fresh roasted coffee. Think about that. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I know that you can get used to anything, and yeah, you'll probably, you'll probably go to work one day and be like, fuck, I don't want to roast today. But man, that sounds so cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Our friend Nick the other, one of six or whatever, right? Nick Fernia, our roaster, he owns a company called Knockabout Roasters.
2: Mm.
0: Brand new, only been around for maybe a year and a half or so. And he's building out um, a barn uh, where his parents, so his parents have a a home in Galway and they built this giant barn and they're going to build it into a roastery slash like, you know, maybe a cafe or some sort of like a, excuse me, an event space. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the ultimate dream. That kid was like, "I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I know I want to work in coffee." He already started a little business on the side when he was in school, selling like pre bottled coffee that he would make. Um, and he's like, "I just want to do that." He's like, "Dad, I don't, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to waste your time here or your money. I want to, I want to do coffee." Yeah. So his dad basically took what would be. His college fund and was like, all right, well, we'll take this money. We'll invest in your business And now he's got nomad coffee and crepes in downtown Boston spa
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, And then Knockabout roaster so he's roasting our coffee for us about 20 pounds at a time That's what those buckets are mm-hmm. and we're just bagging up this coffee. We collabed with him It's it's been a really cool experience to watch him do it. Yeah, man does it want make me want to roast yeah. <laughs> Do you ever think you'll like? You'll get like one of those popcorn roasters. You ever go on like those subreddits, like the roasters?
1: Yeah, I've I've thought about it. Or like, um, they have some really cool sample ones you can get for your house, like the bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to like experiment with like a roasting in general, and then I feel like it'd be cool to see what blends go together, Mm -hmm. and just try to like create your own flavor profile.
0: And there's so much you can do with even a single coffee. Mm -hmm. You know, a single lot uh, my another friend of mine mark he owns Constellation. I'm giving you a bunch of coffees to go check out by the way if you're ever yeah. low on coffee <laughs> you go check these guys out constellation coffee roasters my mm-hmm. friend mark grammatico um, he he's got a full-time job doing whatever he does and he owns constellation on the side and he literally roasts out of his basement he's got like a, a very small roaster I think it's like four kilos or something maybe even less mm. Um and he took an Ethiopian coffee, a, a Ethiopian Yergachev, and he roasted it two different ways. And for the holidays, he's got a a white bag that's nice and a black bag that's naughty, naughty and nice. Mm. Um, one is a darker roast, and one is a lighter roast of the same coffee. I'm really stoked to be uh, to see what that difference is like. Yeah, you could do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much you can play with in coffee, and I love that about it. it's one of the things that that keeps me coming back is just the science and the experimentation.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Um so what's next so what's next for you? What's you graduate soon? God, you graduate soon is that weird with COVID like school and everything?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've still got um got got a little bit of time. Uh, cuz I've I'm going finishing up and then I'm going to have two more semesters after this. Oh, and good. Then okay. Then I'll be done. But still it's, it's still soon. Yeah. And then uh Hoping to go back in person at some point, um, at least before I leave. <laughs> totally, yeah. Because, um, yeah, I've one of my maj- one of my uh, majors is music ed, okay. so yeah, it's a little hard to like observe classes <laughs> <laughs> that aren't happening, like yeah. or, or that are online. Right, yeah. So like, um, I was lucky enough to join in on a few of them online. Yeah. Um, but I will say it's not it's not the same like experiential learning as being right. in in a classroom with students. So
0: yeah, I I completely understand. Um, do you think you'll end up going into teaching full-time? Is that kind of your goal or is it more performance? Because I know you're doing both, right?
1: Yeah, that's that was um, my indecisive nature right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're like, I'll do both and figure yeah.
0: it out when I get close.
1: Well, like I got to school and I saw all these cool like majors that you can do they have film scoring music production yeah um, all all these crazy things and all of them sounded good (laughs) i
0: know right i mean there's so much got film scoring that that perked me up that's that would be beautiful
1: yeah so like i just chose two majors (laughs) yeah and then while i was at it i threw a minor on there so i'm doing uh music production as uh as a minor
0: oh cool yeah so do you do any music production at home like are you recording at home
1: yeah, I've got like my own little home setup. Yeah, uh, I've got like monitors, MIDI keyboard, stuff set up, like basic equipment for a home studio. Yeah, but yeah. But.
0: You you asked me. Um, you you saw I opened up GarageBand. You go, oh, is that Logic? Do you use Logic or what DAW do you use?
1: Yeah, so I usually use Logic. Yeah. Um, I did a trial of Ableton. Um, I want to get it someday, but it's it's kind of pricey. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're all very pricey. Although I should say Logic is fairly affordable like what is it like four hundred dollars as opposed to ableton's like
1: i think it's 200
0: 200 really
1: i'm pretty sure yeah it's uh it's one of the more budget friendly uh daws to use
0: i always felt like logic was so expensive but maybe that's changed or maybe like now that i'm not poor it's changed like (laughs)
1: like relative or yeah yeah
0: yeah. exactly because like when i was in college you know you have no money and you're like three hundred dollars for logic you know maybe Yeah, it, things your your concept of money changes when you start to actually be able to m- make a living. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see. So we asked you what's in your mug? What's your jam? So you're you play saxophone. Yeah. What kind of music you you into? What what's your jam?
1: I'm um, like pretty much anything like across the board I'll listen to it. Mm. Um so Yeah, I listen to a lot of jazz, so, like, Joshua Redman is a big favorite of mine, Mm -hmm. but I also listen to, like, if you know John Bellion or uh, Lawrence, which I believe was the first artist signed to John Bellion's label, if I remember correctly. I don't know that one. Yeah. I also didn't know John Bellion had a label. That's really cool. I think I saw, like, one Instagram story on it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I was like, oh, that's cool. Can I check those guys out? And I love their music, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I listened to Sure Sure. Um, I know Sure Sure. Yeah. Um. Still woozy if you know them. Mm. Oh, him. <laughs>
0: no, I gotta learn.
1: I gotta look that one up. Yeah. So it's um. I listened to like a lot of folk music too. Um. Yeah, folk. I walked out of uh, class one day and saw the Dropkick Murphys performing on a duck boat. So that was pretty what? sick. That is amazing. Yeah. So
0: like, <laughs> sometimes like. Life throws the weirdest, um, the weirdest curveballs at you. Like w- one of my favorite folk artists growing up was William Fitzsimmons. He's like I guess he's more like indie acoustic, mm. acoustic folk kind of stuff. He's a sing- he's just a, a, a single uh, singer songwriter, and loved all his stuff. Uh, an ex girlfriend of mine in high school introduced me to him, and I continued listening to him through college. Uh, my freshman year of college, when I was still really into playing music, I was playing little shows here or there. Um, my school set up a uh, a benefit concert. I think it was a benefit concert, maybe it was just a concert, but I was on the ticket. Right, I was like one of the openers, uh, and the 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 friggin' uh, closer was William Fitzsimmons, and I was like, holy shit, I'm gonna open for William Fitzsimmons. Um, <laughs> that was a super cool moment for
1: me. Yeah. Dropkick Murphys on a boat? Is that what you said? A duck boat. A, what's a duck boat? So they have them for like tours in Boston. Okay. They can drive around, but they also can drive into the Charles. And oh. Yeah. So it's um it's like a boat car hybrid, mm-hmm. and it's like a, it's a big big thing for Boston. So they were doing that as part of the like World Series parade for the Red Sox. Yeah. So yeah, because I I got out of class and then I was walking back and right into the thick of it, and I saw the drop dropkick Murphys playing. At first, yeah. I I heard shipping up to the Boston. They they play that a lot for yeah. their games. And then I looked on the boat and I was like, wait a second, <laughs> they they're playing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, are you a Boston fan by the way? Are You Red Sox? You must be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Big time, yeah, which
1: no. doesn't go too well living in New York, but no, yeah. no, it doesn't. But I'm
0: I'm from Connecticut, and there's no baseball team in Connecticut, so it's kind of split between the Yankees because you're close to the city, um, and Boston. My my I grew up in a big Red Sox fan, so my, or big Red Sox family. So my my mm-hmm. family uh, were really really stoked that the Sox have been doing quite well in the last two decades. Um, they won the World Series for the first time in you know ninety something years in oh4 I think. Mm. Uh, and I remember I was a kid then I was probably 12 and I'm asleep cause I'm, you know, 12 and I didn't really care about baseball. Um, not that I'm super into it now I'm, you know, casually into baseball, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> I wake up because my mom is screaming and I'm like, there's a murderer in the house. Somebody's, somebody's broken in. And then I hear the pop of a champagne cork <laughs> and it was that they won the world series my parents were screaming so yeah <laughs> so i and i can imagine in uh when when did they last win was it 18 or 19 i want to say 18 um whenever the dropkick murphy's played on the on the right the duck boat is yeah. when they last won <laughs> is there anything else that you've got on your mind that you want to talk about what do you got
1: um, I mean, I, <laughs> I was actually pretty interested in the, in the roasting bit of everything. There. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking, I mean, I'm like, I've been brewing at home for a while, so I'm not like too new to that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just getting into the roasting side of things, I would, I think it'd be cool to do something similar to like what like trade does or like any kind of subscription roasting. I love that about
0: about those, those companies because what it, what it allows people to do is try a lot of different coffees without having to go into the nitty gritty that you and I might go into where we're like, looking at all these different coffee companies and, mm. and you know, doing, a lot of people don't have time to do the research. right Which is where somebody like you or I would come in and say like, we've done the research, we know what good coffee is, you tell us kinda what you're into and what you're like willing to venture into and we'll get you good coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, That could be coming from a single company that roasts the coffee or like trade. They sort of do that. They're the middleman thing where they connect up with a lot of different really good roasters. And then they have like that cool quiz and they ask you like what kinds of things you're into. And then they match you with coffees. Right. Um, I'm a data scientist. So I really like the idea of taking data and, like, making making decisions with it. So, like, when you get a coffee, they send you, like, a s- survey of some sort or, like, really on the app, I think.
1: Yeah, you can thumbs up, thumbs down, and write your feedback. Right. Yeah.
0: And then they tailor it. And I, I think those micro-adjustments are really cool mm-hmm. because um, you're always getting a coffee that you'll probably like. Maybe you're learning something a little different. Downside to that is if you drink something like... Um, like this Rwandan coffee you brought. Like, this is more of a medium roast. It's got, like, caramel and raisins. So it's, like, a little more developed. If you tend to like this stuff, I wonder would it ever match you up with something like touchy coffee? Right. Wh- which will totally knock your socks off and and completely, like, open your mind to something new, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. So Do you, do you picture yourself, like, roasting... For your own company one day I think the opportunity is there like with the internet and everything you could like my friend Mark you could just do it out of your basement as like a second job yeah right
1: yeah no that's something I'd want to get into someday Um. Yeah, I think that would be really fun and the other appeal to it is like people trying your coffee if they like genuinely are enjoying it like mm-hmm. you're providing them with it's not a whole lot it's a small moment in their day but you're providing them with, like, a, a good way to start their day or, like, one good thing for them. Yeah. Yeah. So just, like, bursting people's mood, even in, like, a minute amount, it's, it's a good feeling. It so. really is.
0: I completely – every time we get a comment, even if it's just a family member who's just being nice, if somebody reaches out and says, like, I love your coffee, there's no better feeling because you know that, like, they're making it to improve their day. Mm-hmm and that you help them improve their day because they're really liking your coffee. I think, yeah, there's, there's nothing better than that feeling.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's one of like the biggest appeals for me. Cause I think like going into whatever I choose to do, that's always a motivating factor. Yeah. Even if it's like a small little improvement or improvement or like nice thing you can do for someone. Yeah. Uh, like, Teaching is, which is one of the things I'm interested in, right? Like, among many other areas. <laughs> I know, but um yeah, just like that feeling that you can like help someone out and also like help them, you know, figure out what they want to do too. Um, so yeah. people like who wouldn't have the opportunity to like play an instrument, and you give them the chance to, maybe they don't like it, and mm-hmm. that's fine. They do whatever they want, but. Uh, maybe they pick it up and they love it, and there's a new hobby they found. Yeah, that they can like take with them. Same with coffee,
0: right? So you really want to, you really want to make other people's lives better. That's that's very important to you, is when I'm reading.
1: Yeah, um, and I feel like in a way, having that as your goal makes yours better. Yeah. So it's you know because when you focus on yourself uh, too much, I think that it's good to like. Take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and not completely neglect yourself. But when you focus on others, I think it comes back to you without even you like doing it directly.
0: One of the most powerful experiences I've had was how quickly gratitude turns into good fortune. And what I mean by that is when we started Upstate Coffee Collective um, out of gratitude, it was we love coffee we love learning about coffee we're still brand new to it Mm. Um, and we see that there are all these really great coffee companies both roasters and cafes all over the capital region Mm -hmm. and we wanted to create a way for people to connect in person pre-covid of course pre and (laughs) post-covid for people to connect and meet and learn in uh in like a supportive environment and we wanted to shine a spotlight on the coffee companies that are like providing really wonderful experiences for people that gratitude turned into so much good luck because people appreciated that people people were grateful that we were coming from this open honest place of gratitude where like we're not trying to just make a buck off of other people's coffee we're just trying to make keep this thing afloat, right. so that we can continue to provide people with, you know, educational experiences, human connection, um, and in the end, uh, good coffee. Yeah, right. Improve that small but important part of their day. Yeah, and I think that uh, you you share that that aspiration, which which I admire. That's really cool. Hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Who knows what you'll do? I mean, education or performance or coffee—it's uh, all for um, other people. Yeah. Other people's enjoyment in some way.
1: Yeah, and it's it's like a very broad focus, but it's 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 good to have like some direction that you're shooting for. Yeah, yeah.
0: totally. Do you do you feel optimistic about education and w- with COVID? Do you feel like things will go back to normal? Are you are you excited for what's le- for what's coming? You know, think about how much we've learned with uh, teleworking and uh, telelearning. Mm. Do you feel optimistic about the future?
1: I do, but I think it changes because of this too. Yeah. So I, I feel optimistic about it because um, there's so many new ways in like. To, to learn and different things that you can integrate into your learning as a result of this. Cause yeah. everyone had to adapt and do like zoom meetings, sharing your screen for like music, like put up a finale file or yeah, yeah. Just, just learn how to collaborate online. It, and uh, I think that's going to be like a, a really powerful thing, especially if you go back into person um, and you meet new people you want to make music with move away. Yeah. Now that you have that experience collaborating online, Maybe you'll like make new projects with people across the country, even. So true. So I think it's I think it's gonna change, but I'm I'm optimistic about it. Awesome. Because I I feel like a lot of people are getting genuinely interested in things too. Like maybe what they're interested in changed. So
0: so much, dude. Yeah. N- not even that, but maybe people were interested in things, but never found the time or the place to really to really go after it. Mm. And then COVID caused us all to kind of stay at home for a while. And then yeah. people were like, fuck it, I'll try it. I have so many examples of that. One, my favorite example, I've already given this on the podcast, so if you've heard this before, sorry, but <laughs> it think, I think it's so cool. My friend Kelly Murphy um, worked in the same building as me. Uh, we met actually in Saratoga, cause she worked in Saratoga and I did. Mm. We ended up working in the same place after we worked in Saratoga, the, the office that I work at. Um, She started dating this guy, and he you know, played video games like a lot of boyfriends and husbands do. I love to play video games. (laughs) Um, And she wanted to spend a little more time with him, so she thought, yeah, I'll I'll play Call of Duty with him too. So she would play Warzone and stuff with him. Mm -hmm. Um, COVID happened, and she and her girlfriends all started streaming together. (laughs) And now she is like a Twitch affiliate. Okay, and she, which which means like she can she can get subs and people can donate to her and stuff, and yeah. that never would have happened in a million years if if COVID hadn't happened, but she had all this free time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and a, she started to get into video games, and here she is. So, mm. uh, I I think that COVID is a terrible thing that ha- that has happened, but it has it has allowed people to ask the question, what do I actually like to do?
1: Yeah, it's, it's like. Um, it's good and bad at the same time obviously there are people it's it's easy to focus on all the bad because there certainly is a lot of it going sure, on Yeah, but I also think there's a lot of good that can come out of this like you're forced to really reflect on how everything was before totally and really focus on you know what you're into for interests but like big picture things too like you really have to reflect, I guess. Yeah, and it's giving giving us a lot more time to do that. Like you're you're stuck at home, and that's kind of what your mind might gravitate to. So,
0: and taking care of yourself too, right? Med- meditation.
1: Yeah, I mean, just meditation for me. That's one I do every morning. Um,
0: but my practice is not that good. I yeah. I don't do it every morning, but okay. I need to.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I found like an app, Headspace. Oh yeah, and been doing that because like ten dollars a year for students. Oh wow. Yeah, it's like That's, super. You gotta do it. Then. Super cheap with an edu uh, address. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, just little things like that, taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are probably looking for those kind of r- rituals too now. Especially as we go into this winter, which is going to be, a, I
0: think it's going to be tough. I think we're not going to have a lot to do this winter. And we're just going to have to, like, stick it out and meditate and play a lot of music.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) There we go.
0: All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. This has been cool. Thanks for having me.